Welcome back. So today we will probability distributions, and in particular, I want to take a look at the binomial distribution and what are the characteristics of a binomial distribution. So we're going to kick this off with the uh, story of Joy Milne. If you haven't heard about it, it still kind of gives me chills. Uh, as the story goes, and we'll use, and we'll actually get into the math here, but I wanted to share that with you. As the story goes, uh, Joy was married for quite some time and detected this smell on her husband and, you know, tried to get him to take a shower or try a different cologne. Nothing was working. In time and space, he got diagnosed with Parkinson's disease. And so they ended up going to a group therapy session and she detected that same smell sort of lingering over the therapy session. And she wondered to herself, can I smell Parkinson's, right? And so just to kind of read you a little bit of the story. So scientists were intrigued by Joy's claim, her ability to smell Parkinson's. Is she a super smeller, right? So Joy was presented with 12 different t-shirts, each worn by a different person, some of whom had Parkinson's and some of whom did not. The shirts were given to Joy in random order, and she had to decide, you know, which one had it and which one didn't. So to kick off our, our probability dis discussion here, what if someone simply was guessing, right? How many correct decisions out of 12 would you expect Joy to make if she was just actually guessing and was not a, quote, super smeller? And then we're actually going to play with an applet. Um, and run some simulations ourselves here in a moment. So, you know, it's kind of like if I was willy-nilly guessing, yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, yes, yes, no, 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 yes. You know, how many would you expect me to get right just by guessing? And remember, you got it's like a coin toss. You got a 50-50 shot of guessing right with each person. So you might guess, you might expect me to get maybe five, right? So this question of maybe six, would it be unusual though? for her to get all 11 out of 12 t-shirts correctly? And what is the probability of that? Yes, yeah, so we just by instinct, we would assume it would be unusual for someone to get all 12 correct or even 11 correct if they were simply guessing. So um, as the story goes, it, it, she correctly identified 11 out of 12 t-shirts or so they thought. The one person that she said had it and didn't actually got diagnosed with it a few months later. So Joy's quote mistake uh, was that she incorrectly identified a patient as having Parkinson's disease when at that moment they didn't. However, months later, they, they were diagnosed with Parkinson's. So then you start to wonder, can she smell it like preemptively? Um, so that means that she correctly identified all 12 of 12 t-shirts. Based on our simulation, you know, Let's just, let's run a simulation. And this is a neat little applet or staplet. Uh, I'll try it with you. I'll go there now. And I'm going to hit do independently. Okay, so that's what I was saying. What if I just willy-nilly guess? How many will I guess right? So yes, no, no, yes, yes, no, no, yes, no, no, yes, yes. Well, I guessed five correct. Okay. Um, six. Oh, I actually guessed six correct. <laughs> Pretty good, right? That's just running that simulation one time. What if I was to run it? Now let's add more sim. What if I was to run that experiment a hundred times? 
you see the distribution is becoming sort of quasi-normal, right? Fairly normal. And you see the mean or the expectation down there is 6.3, about six. So we start to think maybe the expected value is six. And um, what would happen if we ran a thousand simulations, right? We get almost perfect normality with, uh, with the center of the distribution at six. The center of the distribution uh, will be called the mean of the distribution or the expected value or the expectation for the distribution, as we see here in a moment. So let me go back. So just by running our simulation, uh, we would, you know, we would think that it would be unusual to guess 11, 11 or 12 uh, correct. Now, what we want to do is actually calculate this using something called the binomial formula. Uh, and I did put some interesting articles here for you, for students in my live class. They can, they'll have access to that and can just, act, those are active links, uh, but they are there if you want to read more about Joy Milne. Now I want to actually use the binomial formula to calculate what is the probability of guessing exactly 11 correct or exactly 12 correct. So, uh, so we kind of pose this question. So how about 11? How about 12 t-shirts? We could create something called a binomial probability distribution to answer that question. So what is a, a probability distribution? Well, it's simply just a list, right? It's a list of all possible values that the discrete random variable could take on. So it's a list of all possible values that X, the discrete random variable. So here, like she gets zero t-shirts correct, one t-shirt, two t-shirt, all the way to 12, right? So it's a list of all values that, and here we could call X the number of correct t-shirts, the number of correctly diagnosed. Um, so a list of all possible values that X could be, so x varies from 0 to 12. It's a discrete random variable. And along with the corresponding probabilities. And you could calculate each of those probabilities with something called uh, the binomial formula. Well, let's first take a look. And here it is in all its glory. <laughs> so uh, I'm going to write that in real time. So to calculate all of these probabilities, probability of 0 t-shirts correct, 1 t-shirt correct, so on and so forth, I could use uh, the probability of that of a particular event happening is equal to n choose x, p to the x, q to the n minus x. And that's our binomial probability formula for calculating those probabilities. That is your combination button. If you're wondering what all of those things stand for, n is the number of trials, p is the probability of success, q is the probability of failure. In this case, success and failure, if you're simply guessing, it's a 50-50 shot. You got a 50% chance of, of guessing uh, correct. But let's talk more about that. You know, How do I know I'm dealing with a binomial experiment before I produce uh, the binomial probability distribution? If I ask myself, is there a fixed number of trials? Do you have two outcomes, success or failure? Fixed number of trials, that was tw 12 t-shirts, right? I'm just going to map it out on the side here. Do we have a probability of success and a probability of failure? Well, yeah, if you're simply guessing, that's a 50-50 shot. So I always say, if you can map out your N's, your P's, and your Q's, you know, you're starting to realize it might be binomial. Um, all trials are independent, so we're assuming all of those individuals 
wearing those t-shirts were independent of one another. And the probability of success remains remains constant from trial to trial. Uh, each So each time, each person that I guess has it or doesn't have it, I, that's a 50, 50 shot each time I guess. Similar to a coin toss. Each time you flip a coin, you got a 50-50 chance of guessing heads or tails. Correct. Um, all right. So our end game, let's think about end game. So our end game is to create a probability distribution distribution such as this, right? So X will vary from zero to 12 and probabilities will be calculated. Wouldn't it be nice, just something to think about, <laughs> wouldn't it be nice if we could just hit some magical button in Excel and simply retrieve the entire distribution by feeding it N and P? That would be nice. <laughs> but uh, for a moment, I'm going to do a little aside here. For a moment, though, let's go ahead and calculate those probabilities using the binomial formula. So just so you get a feel for that. So if I'm using the formula to get the probability she guesses zero, t-shirt's correct. That would be 12 choose zero, 0.5 to the zero, 0.5 to the 12 minus zero. You'll start to notice a pattern. Remember, we're using that n choose x, p to the x, q to the n minus x. Uh, where n is the number of trials, so that's 12. Choosing zero, t-shirt's correct, and so on and so forth. I think you'll catch it. The probability she gets one correct is 12 choose one, 0.5 to the one, 0.5 to the 12 minus one. And then probability she gets two correct, 12 choose two, 0.5 to the two, 0.5 to the 12 minus two, which is 10, and so on and so forth. And I could type all of these out, and that would be a little tedious, but I could type all of these decimals out and eventually, you know, fill in my probability distribution function. But like I said, wouldn't it be nice if instead of typing all of that out, if I could retrieve said probabilities from Excel? So I'm going to move over to PC for that. If you have the Megastat add-in, it makes life really easy. So we're gonna go to, actually, I just noticed that. <laughs> Let me see if I can fix it real quick. I'm gonna hit stop share a second. Okay, I'm going to share my screen again. I was having an issue with Excel. Let me share my screen again. Okay, I think it should be I think it should be okay now. Let's see. So I'm going to go to add-ins, megastat, uh, probability, discrete. I like that it blatantly says discrete probability distribution. Uh, I'm going to go ahead and it's blatantly asking me, do you have a binomial? So speak of that, speaking of that, binomial hypergeometric Poisson. So there's many, many types of discrete probability distributions. It's just that today at this moment, we're focusing on the binomial. Uh, for the purposes of my course and my face-to-face -face students, my live students, we, we only work on the binomial and the Poisson, uh, not the hypergeometric. 
But so if we feed it the number of trials, which was the 12 t-shirts, and if we feed it the probability of success, which is correctly guessing 0.5, go ahead and hit OK. Ignore that message. And now what I want to do is focus on that probability. Look at that. And in one shebang, it gives you the entire probability distribution. I wanted to mention something here. So notice that once it produces it, uh, I mean, first thing I wanted to say is like, you could just read from it then when you're um, answering particular questions, say in a homework or a test. So if we say, okay, what's the probability of someone guessing exactly 11 t-shirts, correct? We could just look that up now and we see, you know, it's approximately 0 0.003 rounded. Also, we can practice our so slim chance of that happening, right? And then to actually, she got all 12 correct. So the probability that X is equal to 12, all 12 correct, that's an even smaller chance, right? 0. 0.0002. So it would be unusual to witness someone get all 12 correct. You would start to think, aha, they have some sort of a, a super smelling ability. Uh, you also want to practice quantifiers, like the probability of at, that she would guess at most four correct. So as we progress with our probability, look out for words like at most, at least, fewer than, greater than. So uh, at most in math means, you know, less than or equal to four. So if I wanted, you know, the chance that I guess less than or equal to four correct, I could take all of these probabilities here and add them up sorry, just up to here, <laughs> and add them up. Or I could utilize the cumulative probability where it's already added them up, and I'll go all the way to where it, you know, up to four. So 0.194. So that would be approximately 0.194, right? So right here. So I can utilize that cumulative probability when I'm dealing with a quantifier such as at most. So at most four t-shirts correct, about a 19% chance. At most three t-shirts correct, about a 7% chance of that happening, and so on and so forth. So notice also down here, Excel will produce the expected value and the standard deviation of the distribution. Just wanted you to have those formulas though. Mu is equal to NP. That's the expected value. So if we lay that out, yeah, there's 12 trials times the probability of success, which is 0.5, that does give you six. So that makes sense. And if I go back here and say, okay, that makes sense why expected value is six. Standard deviation, you wanna trust but verify for a binomial distribution is root NPQ, right? And just to lay that out, that would be root 12 times 0.5 times 0.5. And you can type that out and you know, just verify that you're getting 1.7 for your standard deviation. So, you know, I like Excel because you know, at the touch of a button, it gives you that that mean and that standard deviation, but we still want to know those formulas. Okay, so I'm gonna switch back over to iPad.
moment there. Um, and then, so what I mainly wanted to mention is that, you know, it will be easy for us to retrieve that probability distribution from Excel. We could obviously use formulas to, uh, to get those various probabilities by hand if we needed to. Um, and one last quick example, just to make sure we're catching it now. The probability of genetic trait is passed from a mother to the child, let's say, is 5%. If that woman that has that trait or is the carrier, if she has, let's say, three children, what's the probability that exactly two get that trait? So you want to map out your N is three trials. Your probability of getting the trait is 5%. So not having the trait is 95%. And then if you want to know the probability that exactly two get that trait, I'm just going to lay it out. That would be three choose two, 0. 0.05 to the two, 0. 0.95, to the to the three minus two, which is the first power. And again, we could type that out. And since I haven't really showed you, you know, much of the typing there, right? Um, I'll do that with you. So I'm going to write that down. Or like I said, we could just retrieve that information by creating a, a, a probability distribution in Excel. But like I said, you can absolutely crank the formula and, and that's always good practice. So we'll do that. So we will hit, so I'm gonna hit three, choose two, get that answer. And then I'm gonna multiply that by 0.05 uh, to the second power, get that answer. And then I'm gonna multiply that by 0.95 to the first, to the three minus two, which is the first power, to the first power. And after all that sweat equity, we get about 0. 0.007. Now we could have blind faith that that's right, or we could, you know, check that in Excel, but I'll let you do that on the side. So I hope that was a, a, a nice intro to um, binomial probability distributions. And you've seen a couple ways to operate on those now. And I did want to mention, uh, I did want to mention just briefly that I did it for you. I forgot about that. I did go ahead and run that problem, that last problem that we did by hand. Uh, I fed it into Excel. I just have the screenshot here. I'll show you. So I fed it N is three. Probability of success is 0.05. And then I just, you know, trust but verify here that the probability of two was what we got when we did it by hand. Uh, if it said uh, more than two, there you, you had to be careful, like with language, be careful of quantifiers. So more than two kids get the disease would, and there were only three kids, so, or get the genetic traits, that'd be more than two would translate to three kids getting it. And that we could read from the table that would be a slim chance of that happening. So, and then I also have the at most here, the probability that at most one kid gets the genetic trait translates to less than or equal to one. And I'm, I'm getting that answer from the table. So uh, good practice and I hope you tune in again.